Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. Is the man known as Andrew Shark Carter. He's in charge of the new and improved Southern Territory Wrestling and also the soon-to-be but briefly postponed Ambition Wrestling. So we're going to learn all about both and all about his uh, story career as a professional wrestler and what he's got planned for the future. How are you today, Andrew? Oh, I'm very excited to be here. Like you said in the intro, there's a lot to talk about, so I'm sure we're going to have uh, some very in-depth conversations throughout the night. Exactly right. I was uh, very excited when Ambition was announced, which is why we got in uh, contact. I was looking forward to hearing all about how that came to be. Um, but before we jump into any of it, I think we do that thing where we just rewind all the way to the start and we'll get to know a bit about your journey and how it's led to you. I know, just creating wrestling organizations all over the joint. How about that? Yeah, sounds like a plan. <laughs> creating wrestling companies left and right. So, uh, yeah. so I usually like to ask people, man, like when, when they think about how they first got into wrestling, what were some of the first uh, faces in wrestling that stood out to them? Well, it's interesting because I actually had sort of an off and on relationship with wrestling very early on. Mm -hmm. So at the time, like Bret Hart was kind of the main guy in the company, but I wasn't a big wrestling fan at this point. Um, I sort of like would stumble across it. And when it was on, I was like, what's this professional wrestling? Like, I want to know more. Uh, my parents though were like, oh, it's wrestling. You don't, you don't know what it is. You, it's, yeah, it's not for you. You won't like it. So I, I kind of just went, oh, okay. Like I'll watch something else then. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a couple years later because we traveled around a lot when I was young because my dad actually worked for Mars, the chocolate company. Mm -hmm. So we went from Perth to Melbourne, from Melbourne to Singapore, from Singapore to Thailand. So I, I got to travel around a bit. Yeah. But it was actually one night um, I was just watching TV in my bedroom in Thailand and it was a promo with The Rock. And The Rock's sitting there, he's looking just cool, he's swagged out and he's talking about laying the smack down on this jabroni and shoving this off this person's behind. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what is this? What is all this about? So I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch this guy. Uh, I don't care what happens the rest of the show, but I'm waiting for this guy. And he was the main yeah. event. Uh, I think it was like him and Triple H on like a Monday Night Raw, and DX got involved, and it was just like chaotic, and referees getting taken out. I'm like, what is this? Like I and ever since that moment, every week religiously, I was stuck to Monday Night Raw and whatever wrestling I could get my hands on, but it was on TV. So that's kind of where the journey really began yeah yeah well that attitude era kind of sucks us all in deeper you know i remember my first yeah. stuff i saw was vhs's you know earlier stuff it's hogan and it's macho and it's undertaker and all that but then when you start getting up to date and you're watching all that stone cold and rock and triple h and dx and all that stuff when you're at that right age that that, that shit hits different you know what i'm saying yeah, it really did you know it was like you thought of the coolest guy in school telling people to suck it you're like yeah yeah, yeah. you know like trying to do the people's eyebrow at people. I'm like, ah, coolest guy in school now. <laughs> it took me quite some time to be able to do this. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, practicing the mirror, trying to do Rock's eyebrow. <laughs> that was my whole teenage, yeah. like, teenage life. Wearing silk shirts. I had, no, I had no business in a silk shirt at 15 years old. It's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you there. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, and then the other thing I always say to people, I quite often have, you know, um, international guests on the show and – Wrestling's everywhere in America and stuff. So for us, it's really far away. But for you, you actually went and did it. I know you studied with Lance Storm and did all these things. So before you get there, how do you even begin wrestling at all in Australia? Yeah, well, at the time, so this would have been around 2006, I believe. There wasn't a lot happening or it wasn't as prominent as it, as it would be now. It was very, very underground. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't have any idea on how to really get into it. Um, on the other side of that, I was actually really good at soccer. Um, I was actually playing for Future Glory at the time, and I had a pretty good soccer career lined up, but it just wasn't my passion, much to the dismay of my parents. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, after after some contract talks about doing something with Perth Glory, uh, I dropped the bombshell that, like, nah, this isn't really for me, and I want to get into wrestling. And it was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so I think – a lot of people sort of thought like, well, there's no way you're going to be a wrestler. Cause I had a very soccer player build. I was very skinny. I was probably maybe 65 kilos at the time. Like the wind could probably knock me over. So I think people just assume like, ah, it's, it's going to not work out. But my dad of all people actually put a little challenge towards me. He said, all right, 
You've seen Kurt Angle. You know how they do like the Olympic wrestling. If you can win a state gold medal for amateur wrestling, I will front you the money to go for the flights to go to Lance Gorm School. Oh, wow. So okay. I was like, that is a really good motivational tool. <laughs> you um, have a deal, sir. Yeah. Now absolutely. you're like, now where the fuck do I find that yeah. type of wrestling in Australia? He <laughs> thought he had you because he like, thought it didn't my exist. Next, that's my next drama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, there's actually a school that's that's still operational today. Really? Um, at the time, it was called Sharpshooters Wrestling Club. Mm. Uh, it's just down in the Claremont PCYC, and they had the big like amateur wrestling like mats, and it was like. It was probably more well-known than pro wrestling at the time. Wow. Um, so I was starting to learn about this whole new, like, sport, basically, yeah. um, and, like, how it worked and how, like, you know, you got to the States and then there was, like, the Nationals and then, obviously, like, the Olympics and stuff like that. So I was like, hey, I don't need to go too far. I just need enough to win a gold medal. And then we're good, you know? <laughs> so, just? Um, like, people dedicate their entire lives to this. They're training yeah. it from young age. You're like, I just need to do this, just get to that, and then I can get to go to the States. And, and my coach, he was not impressed because I, I let it be known that, like, hey, I'm here to win this so I can go do pro wrestling. And it was like, you don't want to do pro wrestling. Like, this is this is what you want to do. And I was like, it's fun, don't get me wrong, but, like, I want to walk out, I want the crowd changing my name, and I want to, like, do this and pile drive somebody. And he was like, Oh man, this is going to be a challenge! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what yeah. what a what a way to just like kick in the door at that place and just make all these declarations. And they would have been like, "Oh man, this kid!" Like, who is this fifteen-year-old punk? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But um, you know, I started to see then like a lot of similarities though that would happen from amateur wrestling to the pro wrestling. So you know, we'd start doing things like fireman's carries and arm drags and like you know, kind of like just legit takedowns. And I was like, man, I've seen that on TV. I've, I've seen this. Like, this must be kind of like the base of where everything, you know, yeah, comes absolutely. together. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously the, the more you learn as you go on, you're like, yeah, wrestling actually legitimately comes from this, like, shoot background of, like, catch wrestling and amateur wrestling and judo. And it's kind of like a combination of all those, like, just push the map. So I really started to enjoy it. Then it wasn't so much like, oh, I've got to do this to get this medal. Like, I really started to get into it at that point. Yeah, um, awesome. actually to the point where I won my first state gold medal, but then I stayed on for another year and actually became a two-time champion. So oh. I was, um, yeah, how, I, how long really did that became, take um, like to do, ah, uh, like one? Uh, I think it took me about two years to yeah, get to, to that level. And it was constant training. So like we yeah. trained three days a week at the actual school, but then I would, I would also train as well mm-hmm. uh, on those days off and just, trying to learn and study as much as I could and started watching more like amateur wrestling and learning takedowns. And yeah. So I started really getting into that because I knew that I wouldn't have any pro wrestling until this part of, you know, this is time. And obviously you couldn't go to Lance's until you were 18. Yeah. So I was like, look, I'm just going to commit to this. So I at least have this solid background when I get into the pros. Cause absolutely. Yeah. It's I also knew that like being smaller, um, it's probably going to help in case like some shoot situations come up against the bigger guys. So it's like, it always it always helped uh, to have that in the back of the mind. Exactly, and also start to build your body from I guess soccer player mm. body to physical combatant type body. You know, yeah, like, yeah. correct, correct. Because when we were training for soccer, it was just a lot of running and yeah. like cardio, and then all of a sudden, like you know, you've gone from never doing a push up or you know having to throw somebody around to all of a sudden it's like wow, okay, we're doing like. 100 push-ups and 100 squats and, you know, 50 sit-ups and lunges and we now have to carry people over our shoulders. And so it was really developing that, yeah, wrestling body and and, uh, conditioning for it. Yeah, so I'm sure your old man was like, well, this is backfired. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But he's also like, at least I've given him a good platform to, you know, Yeah, I think he was hoping I was going to go in there, these, like, train guys are going to, like, shoot on him and uh, he's going to, like, tap out and be like, no, this is not for me after a couple sessions. But Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that that pro wrestling dream just would never die. So oh, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, so so it's you win your two championships, and then you're like, "All right, old man, it's time to front up the cash." I'm going to Lancers. Yeah. Put so, me uh, in. Yeah, so he was like, "Yep, yeah, no worries. Like your flights are sorted, but I had to save up uh, so I could pay for Lancers school and obviously like to look after myself while I was overseas because um I didn't know whether it was going to be we just go there." And we train and come back, and then where do I go? Because like, there's not much happening at the moment. Or do I try and stay over there and 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 tour? So there was still a little bit of up in the air as to where it would lead to. But as we got closer and closer, I'm like, no, we're committing to this. Obviously, we're going halfway around the world. We're not just going to go to a wrestling school and come back and hope for the best. Like, yeah. let's start breaking out and start letting people know who we are. 
That's awesome. And with something like a Lance Storm school, like are they I know I know it was thought of as one of, if not the best in the world. Is the idea of the curriculum, I guess, like to take you from A to Z? You know what I mean? Like they're like when you walk out of here, you are a wrestler. Absolutely, absolutely. Because traditionally, wrestling schools they might operate you know once or twice a week, um, you know, for a couple hours, and, and like that's it. But Lance's was considered a lot more serious because it was five days a week. It was Monday to Friday. It was four, maybe five hours a day because it wasn't necessarily set. If we were, you know, learning something or continuing to do something, and people were behind, like he stayed back to actually, yeah, make sure everybody got it. Yeah, wow. Um, and it was also one of those schools where he was actually in the ring training us because you do get a lot of those in wrestling where it's like come to this wrestler's yeah. wrestling school and he sits in the corner and is like ah it's all right and then you got some guy you don't know like showing you what to do mm-hmm. this was actually Lance was in there he was locked up with you he was showing you how to do things so Amazing. he was always in the ring with us so that was one of the deciding factors too, to go there because I was also considering going to Dory Funk School in Florida mm-hmm. but um, with the US like visas and stuff like that it was a lot harder to go there so like being able to work in canada you know get a working visa um train there but also know i can travel and work wherever i needed to be and the fact that lance was always going to be there and it was a very serious like school i was like well this is this, there's no other choice really this is this is where to go yeah and how, how long's the the whole course like supposed to run for so the course is three months oh wow okay yep. So it's, yes, five days a week, three months. Um, like I said, the first couple of weeks is always trying to weed the people out that don't want to be there. So it's yeah, bumping, running the ropes, like just basically it's to test you to see if, if this is for you. So naturally, like any sort of class, like there was people that dropped out. Um, although in my class, we probably had one of the best, I would say, caliber of talents that were there because we had already established wrestlers that were on the Australian scene at the time. So we had like Mikey Broderick, Sean O'Shea, Carly Cannon was like a guest, like to help Lance as well. Um, Emma or Tennille Dashwood, she was in my class. So like we had all these people that were already kind of wrestling um, on the shows. So we kind of let all stick together and like the new people that came in, it was like them that were dropping off. So we kind of knew what to expect and that kind of kept us all together. Right. And had you met any of these other Australian wrestlers beforehand? Because if, if you're in the kind of like Greco-Roman kind of scene or whatever, you're not really doing pro wrestling yet, right? No, no. I think I had like one encounter with them. Yeah. Um, so you came in from did. a completely different angle to every other, yeah, yeah every other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty wow. much. Okay. So I, I had a little bit of pro wrestling experience from like just learning off other people that were around and stuff like that, but it was nothing that was to brag about. Yeah. Um, but we did a, a show over in Sydney and all those guys are on the show were actually booked on that same show. So it was, that was the first time I met them. I was like, Hey, I heard you guys are going to Lance's like I'm going too. And it was kind of like, Oh cool. We can all like hang out when we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was oh, maybe six, seven months before we saw him again. And then it was time for the, the school. Yeah. Right now. That's awesome. So, so you did do a little bit of pro wrestling before you went to go there, but it was just like very amateur, not really getting yeah. started yet. Yeah. yeah. Like at the time uh, I was kind of underground, but there were these tapes called the UPW training tapes. I don't know if you've heard of these. No, I haven't. But no. um, It's pretty cool. It actually had John Cena, like Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, all when they were like babies, okay. uh, break it in. And uh, yeah, so like, the coach was like doing all these drills. And so like me and my buddies would just watch these religiously. And we used to hire out like a boxing ring, uh, Mirabuka, uh, Herb Graham rec center. Yeah, yeah. So like would like would have these videotapes with us like on the old VHS and TV like the old school. We'd put them on. We'd practice our roles and then we'd like practice our lockups. And we'd just practice anything that we could learn off like this video essentially. Yeah, wow. Um, and that was like our first initial kind of break into. Oh, this is what it could be like. Mm-hmm. And then Lance's was like, this is what it's really like. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you go into it. Um, do you think that once you got there, despite not really having like a lot of experience with ropes and stuff like that, the actual shoot style background that background that you ended up having was like quite a quite a real advantage for you like in how everything went forward with the mechanics and the, the physicalness of it because i mean you were you weren't even pulling anything you know what i mean you were doing real wrestling like 
Yeah, that's it. I, I definitely think it helps build the foundation. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because like I said, early on, a lot of those moves were like so similar. The mm-hmm. fireman's carry, exactly the same. The arm drag, pretty much exactly the same. So I was like, oh, I've kind of done this already. So it was already like uh, natural at the start. Mm-hmm. It was when it got to the more complex stuff, like obviously like the suplexes and things like that, where it's like, okay, this is now brand new territory. Like, I'm going to knuckle down and like, yeah, get onto it. <laughs> And while you're there, like if you're there for three months, obviously it's a pretty intensive course. Are you, can you work in Canada? Are you doing like a casual job? Or are you just really treating it like a job living off your savings and just focusing on that? Yeah, I was, I was just living off the savings. Like I had the, like I said, I got my working visa as a like backup in case funds were getting low. Mm-hmm. But our whole day was basically wake up, like eat, we would jam into a car, we'd go to training. That would get us through to like, one, two in the afternoon, uh, would then go to the shops, get some lunch, and then would pretty much meet Lance Storm back at the gym and would have like a workout session at a at like an actual gym and do weights and weight yeah. training and stuff at the end of the night. And then that was pretty much our day. We'd go home, have dinner, and repeat it all again. So that was <laughs> week. You're exhausted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome, man. That's really interesting. So as, uh, as this is all happening, it, does the – do you start to develop your wrestling character, I guess? Like, does the shark start to emerge? Or <laughs> Yeah, he yeah, does, because obviously that's something... Fin. Whatever you get into, like, you have to know, like, that's... We've got to do something here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know, like, where I wanted to go with it, so I was like, do I use my, like, real name? But then I was like, nah, WWE will change your name anyway, and it just became trying to figure out something that could be marketable, and at the time, because I was overseas a lot of my character was based off, like, Australia. Yeah. So I was like, okay, people are scared of Australia because, like, the deadly animals and, like, the sharks. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, shark uh, is kind of, like, resonating. And when my dad used to play football, his nickname was shark. Yeah, okay. So I was like, well, I'm kind of, like, giving the family, like, heritage, but also, like, basing what people overseas are, like, scared of about Australia and trying to, like, work it into the character and the style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And... I think with my amateur wrestling background, Shark was such a perfect name because it's not like you want to attack. It's you know it's very slow, it's methodical. When you find your opening, boom, like you attack. And yeah. I was like, that's kind of like the style of wrestling that I'm going to be doing. So um, it just kind of fit what I was, yeah, what I was building towards. Yeah, cool, cool. And so as you you finish up training uh, and all that kind of stuff, do, does that sort of give you an inroad to any of like the American independence, or, or are you starting to do any shows as you're getting towards the tail end of the training? Yeah, yeah. So the way it worked is obviously Lance takes us from A to Z. Mm-hmm. So the last maybe six weeks of training, it literally starts becoming match matches and show uh, practice essentially. So we'd walk into the school. Lance would go, here's what we're doing today. Here's the card. You're wrestling him. You've got this amount of time. This is the finish. Go pull it off. And then would go either sometimes would get five minutes to put something together. Other times it would be, nope, you're in the ring right now. and like, you're going to wrestle. Yeah. So every situation was always different. So he really prepared us for what it could be like yeah, on the awesome. independent scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and my way of breaking into the American scene was actually through Lance's name. Because if I was just like, hey, I'm just Joe Blow from Australia, they'd be like, ah, whatever. But it's like, hey, I'm in Canada. I've just finished Lance Storm School. Uh, you can talk to him as a reference. Uh, he would put over my work. So it was very easy for me, uh, I suppose, to try and break into those those scenes as soon as like Lance's name came up. Absolutely. You've got like a, a pretty solid pedigree at that point because his school is so well thought of and he's so respected. Absolutely, and he's he's brutally honest too. So, like, if you were the drizzling shits, uh, and you're like, I went to Lancaster yeah. school, and they called you up, he would be like, No, 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 yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, he um, flunked out. So, like, <laughs> when you drop his name, you got to make sure that, like, you know, he thinks you're pretty good. Otherwise, yeah, <laughs> you backfire pretty quickly. <laughs> Do you have a, or did you have a, a good relationship with Lance? Yeah, it was um, it was interesting because he is very much like how he was on TV. You know, Mr. Like Serious and like all this kind of stuff. I thought, oh, that's probably a gimmick. But as part of like the arrangement for at least our class back then, as soon as I got off the airplane, he like would pick us up and we would, he had a, a house that he would rent to the students. So he would pick us up and drop us to the house and like give us like the house rules. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to break the ice and like throw a couple of jokes in here and there. And he's just like, mm hmm. <laughs> right. Right, and I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a long three months. Like, oh my god. 
Um, but probably after like a week or two, I think once he finally got to know us and like, up, you'd see him start to like crack a joke and like, oh, did Lance just make a joke? Like, yeah, oh, we better yeah, yeah. Oh, laugh, quickly, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Reaffirm his decision quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, quickly before he changed his mind. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so like we built a relationship after afterwards. Um, and then, yeah, like even to this day, like we still talk, but obviously like, you know, he's, he's busy with his school and like yeah. we go off into the wrestling world. So we don't talk as often, but we've always, we've always got the rapport. We can just message whenever we want and just say, Hey, what's going on? Hope everyone's well. And yeah. So yeah, we keep in touch, but um, yeah, yeah, it's very much like a teacher-student. Yeah, that, that's really cool. So the school is going because I know it closed down for a while, right? Is it open again? Yeah, see, I'm not actually too sure. I believe he is reopening it, mm-hmm. but I haven't really heard the latest because I know he only closed it because he got signed back to WWE as, as a producer. Right, right, um, right. And then within like a couple months, they like had a mass like release, and he was one of the guys that got released. So it was a very bizarre situation so i don't know like yeah if the school was part of like that or mm. what happened with going on so it's been up in the air but i think he's he's going back into it now but i haven't haven't really heard yeah exactly well he's the kind of guy that'll fall on his feet i'm more than sure so. oh, yeah he's, he's the most like adult adult i've ever met like yeah yeah, <laughs> he's you, got you all down. yeah, yeah. from anybody they're just like <laughs> so serious oh, like, if you like watch any wrestling documentaries like you know the boys sometimes can be like you know, who they are. But Lance was like the complete opposite. He was like, nope, I've got my savings. I've got my family. I've got my house. Like, he was just like the most responsible person like you'll ever meet. And like the highest moral standards you'll ever meet as well. Like, like this guy is too nice to be in wrestling or like too, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. too to be in wrestling. But yeah, he was just such a good, good person like all around. Oh, that's amazing. So uh, you fi- you finish up with there, you're jumping in, you're doing shows where you, where you can. Um, did you, you were say, saying, I, I can't remember if we said this off mic or before, that you started to um, basically go into America, right, to do shows, um, but that became like a bit of an issue going forward, right, because they don't like love it when you're constantly trying to work like in their country when you're based yeah. in other places <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, so it was a very, so again, I, I put it down to me being young and naive. You know, I, was, I think I was 20 years old at the time. Uh, and I thought, oh, America, Canada, they're like neighbors. It'd be like Australia, New Zealand. You know, we just want to go over there. Like, they just go, yeah, no worries, come through. Like, whatever you want to do, like, you do. Um, so I'd been in Canada for probably maybe six months at this point, And I was like, right, we're finally going to go into the States. Um, now, at that time, technology wasn't where it is today. So like payphones were still a thing and I didn't really have access to like a smartphone. So like a lot of the stuff I would do, it would be on my laptop when I had a Wi-Fi connection. So I would get emails from promoters like, yeah, we're doing this. And like, this is the arrangement. Um, so when I got to the border, I was kind of just like, someone's picking me up in the States. So like, I'm not too fast. I know I'm going to get on a flight, arrive in Chicago. The promoter's going to pick me up and it'll be all sweet. But as I approached customs, they wanted to know a few more details. And so, oh, yeah, independent wrestler, that's awesome. Uh, and I didn't quite have those answers, but I was obviously very excited to let people know I was a professional wrestler. Yeah. So we get to the American customs in Canada, and it's pretty well documented now that America and Canada, they kind of don't really get along. Like, they get, like they're good, but they're also like, hey, they're from that place. Yeah. We don't really like that place. Except, so I think yeah. maybe coming from Canada as well was – an issue being Australian, but so when I was approached, like, what are you doing in the States? A very serious man would ask me and my happy girl, lucky nature would be like, Oh man, I'm, I'm a pro wrestler. I just finished Lance Storm school and I'm coming in to like do some wrestling matches. They're like wrestling matches. You getting paid? I'm like, yeah. And it's been like my first wrestling payday. So I'm like really excited. And they're like, well, you don't have a visa to come in. I was like, Oh I mean, I'm here for holidays. <laughs> All of a sudden, like, Too late. You know, now there's like more guards coming over and I'm like, no, okay, look, like I am wrestling, yes, but like it's just it's just for fun and I'm learning still. So like I'm, you know, and they're still like, well, you need to present us where you're staying, who you're staying with, and, like where you're going to go. So now I'm freaking out because the flight's in like two hours and I'm like running, trying to get Wi-Fi reception with my laptop, trying to email the promoter, hoping that he gets it in time. So like I can actually get on this flight and I'm like, please, I need your address and your details, like ASAP. And I'm just sitting there waiting, waiting for this email to come through. And like, luckily enough, like they were online and it, it came through and I was like, 
Here you go. Here's where I'm staying. Printing it off on one of those old school uh, rolly paper machines. Like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> it's kind of like that, mate. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, a bit, bit scary. Like I said, when, you know, I had to pop away for a minute, they bring over, like, these guards that are carrying, like, machine guns and stuff. And I'm like, please don't shoot me. I just want to, like, cross the border and, yeah. like, Match, like. I just want to <laughs> wrestle for like a hot dog. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's it. Like you probably you probably have more money in your pocket now than like I will make and like putting my body in the line when I cross there. So yeah, like yeah. let's just <laughs> let's not worry about it. Exactly. So uh, did you um pick up any steam when you were there, or did you find that it was a bit too challenging? Kind of like being you know not from there and and not like having a an American visa. No, actually, um, I actually thought I was. I was either really blessed or really lucky because, like, those first few trips are, like, absolutely amazing. I met so many, like, big stars on that too as well, like, you know, at that time. So the first promoter I reached out to, um, I was actually a little bit intimidated because he goes, oh, you're from Lance's school. That's fantastic. One of my top guys, he's from Shawn Michaels' school. So I'm going to, like, put you guys together in a big match. I thought, oh, my God, I'm in way too deep now. Like, this guy's wrestling, like, seven years or something. He's been to, like, Shawn Michaels school. I'm fresh out of the academy. I'm still, like, super green. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, this is going to be, like, a lot of pressure. So I'm trying to, like, no-sell it. Like, yeah, absolutely, man. We'll we'll pull it off. Like, no problem, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, we get to the venue, and I'm in the locker room, like, Demolition Axe. He was on the show, and there was a few, like, old-timers there as well. I was like, man, this is, like, the coolest experience ever. Like, yeah just being here. And then it was time to put the match on. And, um, like they put us in the main event because they were really pushing the whole, like last storm, like Shawn Michaels thing. Jesus. And I was like, dude, I'm about to like, like you, know, you guys haven't seen me wrestle. I hope I can deliver. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I was, I was super confident in, yeah, what we're doing. And, um, the guy I worked with was awesome. And yeah, we like, we tore it up that night and, um, more bookings actually led from that match because there was promoters there that night. And as soon as the show was finished, they're like, hey, we're doing this festival tomorrow. Like, do you want to you come and, and work it? And I was like, absolutely, yeah, hell yeah. And so my weekend that was supposed to be just that Saturday night show turned into that Saturday night, uh, a Sunday lunchtime show, a Sunday afternoon show, and then another Sunday night show. So oh, we did like nice. a triple shot. Yeah. Um, and it was like the coolest experience, man, because it was like, we, you know, we drive from this town, so this town, we do like the fair. We stay there for like the two matches and we drove off like an hour down the road to like another state and did like another another show up there. So it was like a really cool experience. Like, man, this is how it works. You know, like you just start networking this way and people reach out to you. And I started learning way more about like merchandise and stuff because I only really brought like a couple of shirts. I was like, no one's going to buy my shirt. Like I'm just some green guy that no one really knows. And like by the second or third show, like I pretty much sold out of most of my stuff. And wow. I started to realize, okay, I guess like being the Australian guy overseas, like you, you're already different. Yeah. Um, you know, we speak different. We like, we obviously act different and we like the wrestling style that I had at Lance's was a bit different to some of the slower, like country themes, like matches they were doing down that way. So, um, yeah, I think I learned so much from that first tour. Um, and like I said, in terms of, like the names that I had the very next weekend, we did like a double shot in Wisconsin and that show was actually headlined with Larry Zabisco, Nick Bockwinkle, uh, a couple of guys that are in like Ring of Honor now, um, and what's he uh, And Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> okay. So, like my first few like experiences, like man, I've got like all these legends here. Like this is really cool. So it was amazing to like pick their brains and just you know get advice from them as well. And I was like, so this is how wrestling is. It's, it's really cool. Like you learn off these guys. You learn like little tricks and stuff. And um, so yeah, it was like I said, I, I took everything I learned at Lance's and it was just building on that from, from other established guys and learning tricks of the trade. Amazing. That's really cool. So I guess eventually all good things have to come to an end in your three month visa or whatever it is ends and you, you come back to Australia, right? At that, at that time, is it time to figure out how to do it in Australia? It is. Yeah. So Again, you know, the plan was always, oh, I still want to wrestle as much as I can overseas, but obviously, like, those flights aren't cheap. Yeah. Uh, we need to keep, you know, in ring condition to build up. So my original plan was actually just to start a school. And, like, so I had access to a wrestling ring where I could train, but also, like, pass on the knowledge that I learned yeah. from Lampers. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where like all action wrestling came into in, came into be. That was just supposed to be like a like a training school. Yeah. Um, eventually, we had like enough people that were there that were like starting to to get up, and it was like maybe we do a show. Like, yeah. Um, and then we yeah that that was like my introduction then to like promoting wrestling events from there. So it kind of became a thing where there was nothing here and you just sort of started building your own stuff. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Like I said, it was really just to, to keep me training so I, I didn't lose a step. Um, but, yeah, like I said, then I started getting other people ready and it was like, well, let's let's see what the market's like here. And, and the response is always pretty good. So I was like, maybe we can do something. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and uh, like how long was all action around for? It was around for a while, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. So I had it from like 2008 after I came back from Lance to about 2016, 2017. And like I finally sold it off and I think it stayed on for like another couple of years, but yeah. And then eventually just, just got like left, left the world. Uh, (laughs) Slowly fizzled away. Yeah. 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 It was very bizarre. Like I, I think there was more to it than what happened. Cause I was told like, Oh, we're going to buy it and we're going to like keep it going and do this. And then like, Two months later, they changed the whole like name of the company, and it was like, yeah, schmozzle. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. At that point, it's got nothing to do with you. They could do what they want. So. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So you've sold it off at that point, and so did you. You take a break for a while, or do? Um, is that what, how we've ended up where we are now? Like, uh, once you sold oh. it off, what was the movement? So, um. My partner at the time became pregnant with twin boys. Okay, that's going to take some time. And I was like, oh boy, this is going to take a fair bit of my time. (laughs) Um, And obviously there's there's so much to promoting and and putting shows together. And I was like, I just, I don't think I will have the time or like the the amount of sleep needed to (laughs) to, to pull these off. Mm -hmm. So I knew that that was was incoming. Um, And at the time the business was a little bit different too. Like it was very territorial, like, yeah. If you train here, you, you don't go anywhere else. If you go here, and there was a lot of, like, politics and stuff as well. And I just, like, just didn't want to deal with it anymore. I was just exhausted. Yeah. I was like, man, like, you know, you're losing that kind of fun. And, um, yeah, like I said, when the twins were born, I was like, yeah, I, that's going to be the priority now. So I'm going to focus on them. And then whatever happens wrestling, like, I'll still take bookings. I'll still wrestle, like, wherever. Mm-hmm. And I actually think I had probably more fun after that, like, not dealing with all that stuff because I was just yeah. able to go – put my gear on, have a match, get paid, like go. And like, it was, I was like, wow, you just done this from a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of where it all kicked off. Um, then in 2019, I, I've had a few concussions throughout my time right. in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were like little ones initially, but then I had a, a match with Alberto Del Rio um, back in like 2015 and he did a big double stomp off yeah. the top. And he like crushed my head and it was really bad. Like I didn't know where I was. I was like throwing up. I was in hospital and like Jesus I had like no strength in my arms and it was like, it was really bad. But um, luckily I was able to like heal from that relatively quickly with no like after effects from that. Mm-hmm. But then I got like an, another smaller one and like the heal healing process took a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really got to keep an eye on this because it's, it's very dangerous obviously. Um, but then I was working over in Queensland and a guy did like a split legged moonsault off the top and full body weight knees right to the top of my head oh. and boom, just like knocked me out. Gone. Um, I woke up, I finished the match and the more time went on, the, the less I was aware of what was happening. So it kind of like hit. And I was like, Oh no, it's all right. I know I'm wrestling. I know we're doing this. And then I just like, I couldn't remember anything. I didn't know where I was or what we're doing. So like I finished the match. Um, but then we're supposed to have like a tag match afterwards. It's supposed to be like me and Target versus TNT and um, Whiskey Six. And we had some stuff planned in the back. And I was out there and I was just calling shit that like we had, we'd never talked about. And I, I thought for a fact that like we had it sorted and Target was just like, man, stay out. Like you're not, you're not good. So he like tagged him. So he kind of took over and I was just like doing whatever on the outside. And afterwards, he was just like, man, are you all right? And I was like, I don't think so. Like, I really need to just get some air and, like, recover. And that night was, like, the worst. Like, I was up all night just throwing up, and I couldn't – I had the worst headaches and we had to fly back to Perth, like, the next day. And so that was, like, a plane ride from hell in itself. Dude. Yeah, like, the doctors were like, man, this is this is not good. I was like, I still have a matching career next week. Uh, can I do that? Ugh. It recommended that I didn't, but I was like, it might be my last match, so I'm going to do it. 
Um, so I was just extra careful with like my head, like in that match. But that was pretty much where I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I could do this anymore because like the, the after effects were really bad. Like I was losing a lot of memory. Like yeah. short term memory stuff was really being affected, and I was like, yeah, it's it's hit me pretty bad. Like I need to. I don't think it's safe to to continue on anymore. So I actually thought oh, I was done. Like I was like, I'm out of wrestling now. Like yeah. I'm retired. I, I don't really have any interest in promoting anything. So like I just gone. Like I was, it was kind of it. I wanted to do a retirement match here, but then like AAW that was WPW, like ended up being sold to EPW. And like, so they just like killed that off. And there wasn't really anything in terms of like retirement match that I could do that would be able to get booked. Yeah. It makes sense. Cause like there's certain people that I could be like, I can work with this guy and I know he will take care of me. Um, but if you just get thrown into a mix and you're like, against someone you don't know, I was like, I, I can't really commit to doing that match if I don't know my health and safety is going to be the priority. So Absolutely. yeah. So at that point I thought I was done with wrestling and then this ambition project like came up out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it sure did come out of nowhere. It just popped up on my feed and it was like ambition wrestling, Perth, West Australia. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. So obviously like I, um, in growing up in the country and stuff like that, I was for a long time, all, all of your guys' stuff and things like that, I wasn't even aware of Australian wrestling, you know, like yeah. for ages. And um, and just over like the last few years as I've gotten, you know, back into everything as hard as I have. And I mean, those few years have turned into a lot more than that now, but like become aware with EP, of EPW and stuff like that and New Horizons yeah. and Schwa. And so I was like, another company, this can only be great. But, but it looked like you guys were looking to approach it very differently than yeah. how they were going to. So, so tell me, tell me how the, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Antithesis of this, like how, it, how it came about. Is it, was it your idea? Was it something that was presented to you? How, what happened? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Cause like you said, like all these companies have been really like on the rise. And I think Australian wrestling as a whole is, is finally starting to get that recognition. Like, all the promotions over the East Coast, like all their guys are starting to get noticed by WWE and, um, you know, they're making names to themselves, like just from being here, obviously EPW have been killing it for many years. Um, you know, they're, they're working with Schwa and like everything's really happening like all over the place in Australia. So I was like, man, there's never been a better time in terms of like talent. And I think, you know, the people that started it off like many years ago, like they're the ones to thank for like where the industry is today. Cause they're the ones that, you know, probably like myself that just wanted to wrestle and they went out and learned and brought it back to other people. And now we're seeing the rewards for that in Australia. Um, so like I said, I think it was a good time in terms of like how much talent there is out here. Um, but again, at this point I still had no intention of, um, of getting back into wrestling, but I had a, like a production company come up to me and, and say, look, um, we know you're out of wrestling, but like we, we want to do something with you. Um, we, we really want to work on distribution and trying to get Australian wrestling content out more to like the world. Um, we have affiliations with all these different TV networks and like, I think you'd be the perfect guy to put something together. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, here we go. Finally. Like, of course it's when I'm retired and like, all this stuff <laughs> everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was so around for, <laughs> I was like, yeah, exactly. I was like, where was this like 10 years ago? Exactly. So I was like, okay, well, like, present to me like what you're after exactly. Um, and then I will start putting some things together from there. Cause a lot of times in wrestling, you know, you hear these stories and then it leads to nothing. It's always someone had an idea and then nothing sort of falls through. Yeah. So I was like, I'll take it for, you know, same, a grain of salt, uh, see what happens. But they were, yeah, they were on us all the time. They're like, yeah, we've got these people ready. We've got like ABC studios set in like the city. Like we've got, this huge production team that's going to come in. We're going to go live like on fight. And I was like, okay, so this is going to be an actual real big deal and everything's ready to go. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, like let's do this. So I started reaching out to talent that I thought would be amazing for the show. Um, so obviously a lot of talent from the East coast and like in Adelaide and like the talent we have here. And I was like, I think with the caliber of guys we have, like we can pull off something pretty, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, because my theory was, well, we've got Slex, Kellyanne, and Adam Brooks, who are all currently signed to Ring of Honor. Yeah. So I thought, in terms of like the pay-per-view business that they're trying to attend, like we are going to attract those American fans that are familiar with those guys' brands. Mm -hmm. um, but they've also had, you know, some of the wrestlers that have worked over in England and like across Australia. So I was like, we actually have a good chance now to really 
showcase like what Australian wrestling can be. And with like a fancy production team and like being live on pay-per-view, I was like, man, like this is really exciting. Like I want to make sure we can do the best we can possibly do to, to showcase Australian talent. So our goal then became, okay, well, we want to get the right talent. We want to build that talent. We want to make them as over as possible and make everyone on our card as over as possible to as many audiences as we can. And so that's where the creation of Ambition Wrestling came in. Exactly right. No, it's, it's a very cool concept. And is it my understanding that it was almost going to be like a, a studio wrestling sort of setup, right? It was, yeah. So I was trying to build it like the old NWA. Yeah. So we still have a traditional kind of like setup, like your entranceway and like all that. But then we'd have like the interview set on the side and would have like the live announcers like Sounds on the so other awesome. side and really just make it like a nice Aussie wrestling TV NWA style I love it. show. I love it. So yeah, for, for those people who don't, no, though, unfortunately, due to lockdowns and stuff in Melbourne and Sydney, this has had to be postponed because the, the show was about to happen, right? Like, Oh, man, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was like small things started to happen and then it, it just became like way too much. So obviously we had the issues with COVID mm-hmm. on the East Coast. So our borders got locked. So we lost, you know, Caveman, Ards, Lex, Kellyanne, um, Craven, you know, all these guys that we wanted to have like from the East Coast. And I was like, okay, like, we can maybe still make something happen, like, because there is so much good talent in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. So we can do, like, an Adelaide, you know, WA build. And I still, I think it will still be, like, pretty strong. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know, Mikey versus Adam Brooks, that's going to be a show steal. Like, that's that's something we can, you know, sell to everybody. You know, obviously, Mikey Nichols is, is world famous. He's been to WWE. He's been on NXT. Like, so everyone knows him. And Adam Brooks is, like, who I think the, the next guy to really boom from, like, Australia. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, if we that's our main event right there. Like, we can pull this off. Um, so everything was looking good, and then Mikey got hurt. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he's like the guy. He's our guy. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know how we can pull this off. And we're, we're trying to, like, match different names. And obviously, like, the quality of the show would have still been fantastic. But the pay-per-view business itself would have been really affected by all those, you know, the talent on the East Coast not being there and Mikey not being able to work. I was just like, it's going to be very difficult now to really push those pay-per-view numbers, especially overseas. Um, and then, um, and then there was like another issue coming up with like the numbers. Like we had too many tickets sold for like the TV studio. So it was like, ah, oh, they, there's a mix up in how many people versus how many actual fans. Wow. Okay. So I was like, right. Okay. Like that's not good. We'll, um, we'll try and get like another venue and see what we can do. But like, most of the venues that could host a similar event were booked out because obviously it was like three weeks or two weeks yeah. out from mm-hmm. what the show was. And I was like, if we're doing pay-per-view, we can't just half ass and go, oh, we found this other venue and we'll do a pay-per-view and here it is. Yeah. Um, I was like, it's got to be like how we want it, what the vision is supposed to be. So I was like, you know, unfortunately we're going to have to postpone it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was obviously pretty upsetting, but we still had – all these talent from Adelaide coming over that had their flights booked, had accommodations booked. And like, these are still top quality talent. And obviously they all still wanted to wrestle. So I was like, leave it with me. I'm going to, I'm going to see what we can do. And we'll try and pull something off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I spent, I think a week just like constantly trying to find venues and something that we could pull off. And luckily we found the Kalamunda performing arts center and we're like, okay. Um, the STW brand was already going to be established sometime next year. Uh, now is probably the best time to put that show forward using the talent that we still have and, and start something new here in Perth. Yeah, exactly. So this is what I mean, starting companies left and right because you already yeah, had yeah, another so one in the back that, pocket. That's another question that everybody <laughs> has. Like, why is it two companies? Why wouldn't you just do like ambition? Why wouldn't you just do this? So it, it literally just comes down to it. It's simple as content agreements. So the ambition brand is also exclusive to like this production company that we're working with. So that is like a joint product. So obviously the idea behind ambition, it's going to be a pay-per-view based yes. brand that we yes. present so, to Australia. So it's going to be exactly how we need it. Mm-hmm. How we're also trying to film it for television pilots. Mm-hmm. to give out to networks, not only here, but like within the Southeast Asian market as well. So we're like, okay, we need to keep that separate to what we're doing in Perth. Cause like with the border changes and stuff like that, that can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to mess with like what we're doing with ambition. So uh, SCW actually, believe it or not, was formed before Ambition as well. 
um, because we we signed a content agreement with a with a promoter over in Brisbane. So he wants to have like content on his network that he has over there. And I was like, yep, we can we can work out some sort of deal there. So like we had that in the works that was going to take place like after after ambition because that was already like up and kicking. Yeah. Um, and obviously with the ambition brand, it would have been spread out a bit more and we're going to take it traveling. So, you know, we'll get a pay-per-view in Perth. We might do one in Adelaide. We might do one somewhere different. So like that was always going to be the traveling brand, but we want to establish something that's going to be like just for Perth and just for like the fans over here that, that don't get to see stuff. That's that awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like for live shows and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and just just with the talent as well, like um, you know, obviously there's there's great talent here in Perth, but I was like, we can freshen up the scene as well by bringing in different people that, mm-hmm. you know, because now thanks to the internet and social media, like eyes are on Australian wrestling, so people go, man, this Adam Brooks is really good, or like Slex is really good, and we want to see them here in Perth because like WWE doesn't come to Perth, so I'm like, well, that can, we can be the brand that does that for you guys. So like, we want to bring the ones that have different main events and different talents. And, yeah, just stuff to to really promote what we have here, but also like what Australia has to offer. That's awesome, man. So, uh, so what have you got planned for the show? Because it's coming in pretty hot, right? So it is indeed. I am really excited about this because this is like the week where everything's starting to to yeah. go out. So, yeah, the match. Like, we've got a few surprises that are going to be taking place on the show. I think um, there's a few surprises that are specifically for the local fans that will go, "Oh, okay, that was kind of cool. We didn't see that coming." Yeah. Um, but like I said, the talent alone, like we've we've obviously got Savannah Summer and Delta for the women's championship, and that's going to be amazing. Like Savannah's been around for a very long time; she's a very well-established veteran. And I don't know if you've seen much of Delta, but she's kind of like sprung out of nowhere in Adelaide. Yeah, um, no, I, I was not familiar with her, um, like her work, but I had seen yeah. her before because she's a very striking person, you know. And yeah. I was like. Like it looks like a force, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. And that's what that's what I saw straight away. I was like, "Who is this?" Yeah, like, yeah. wow, let's watch the matches and, and see what she can do. And I was like, "I think we do something cool here with like with her and Savannah." So I was like, "Yeah." So like that's been that's been put together. Um, then we see this monster. I don't know if you've seen Baron from Riot City. He's a huge, he's almost like seven foot tall, and he just reminds me of like a Kane or Undertaker. Like really? he's just so big and so intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's up against Taylor King. That's going to be an absolutely awesome match. Stella Nix has been just recently announced as well. Um, will she be in a match? Maybe. We'll see what happens on the night. But, uh, you know, I think there's a good chance she might be in some action on the night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, like, yeah, we've still got a few matches to to announce. We've got the Southern Cross Championship coming up, the SCW Championship. So there's a few matches that haven't been announced yet, but they'll go up this week. So it's going to be a big, uh, big week promotion-wise. That's going to be awesome, man. I think it's going to be a good weekend of wrestling um, for for that kind of stuff, yeah? And do you have a date for the ambition stuff yet, or are you just going to kind of see how, I guess, Australia handles the rest of this lockdown stuff and then deal with it when we're on the other side of it? Yeah, it's probably going to be like early next year at this point, but a lot of it will depend on what's going on with the borders. Mm -hmm. The latest news we've got is obviously like if it gets to eighty percent vaccination, they're gonna, you know, force to open up. But obviously, McGowan's still kind of pushing it to like maybe ninety percent. So yeah. we're kind of just like, well, once they go, yep, this is the deal now, and we know one hundred percent, like we're not going to get cancelled on if if they close the borders. Um, yeah, that's when we're going to lock stuff down. So realistic time frame is probably going to be around like April mm-hmm. of next year. But like I said, everything's ready to go. Like we've got the production, we've got everything we need is just like, we just want the talent and the show and the venue that we want to like present it. And, exactly. Um, and you don't want to be in the situation yeah. where you, you get to, to day of again and then you have to go through this all again and postpone again. That's the last thing. You never want to postpone again. Like it's just no, like when no. we next do it, it will be real. Like exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's nothing worse. Cause obviously like all the fans are excited. Like all of us were excited. So it was just, it was just one of those things like, man, we're just going to have to hit that cancel button through Eventbrite and everyone's going to get their money refunded and like, yeah. you know, like, damn, like it was, like, it was such a big loss. Like we yeah. were just, there was, I think, two days where everybody in the team was just like, ah, uh, FML, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. what do we do now? And I mean, like, I mean, like in your guys' defense, like it was really feeling for a while there in Australia, like we were on the other side of it. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, everybody, there's no cases anywhere. This kind of feels pretty good. It's all minimal. And then, yeah, then it starts popping up again in Sydney quite hard and then lockdowns and stuff, and it's just like, 
you know, I know you're not the only guys affected. Like Deathmatch Down Under were about to have their big tournament. They've had to push that back. Um, I think Wrestle Rock was cancelled as well. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, like it's just affected so many people. It's, it's yeah, the horrible. world we live in now, you know what I mean? So you just got to navigate those waters and ke- keep on uh, cranking. But luckily, you're a shark. And that's something that's that you it. do well. So, <laughs> so we just tied it all the way back in there. This is professional audio, people. So, man, at the end of our show, I like to do a fun game with people where I ask them what they're feeling in wrestling. And for you, and yeah, I know, right? It's a very broad question where it puts you on the spot. But let's um, it doesn't have to necessarily be the whole world if you just want to keep it to Australian stuff. But it can be sure. whatever you want, just to you know let people know where your mind's at, and you know, it could be a match, yeah. it can be whatever, you know. Uh, so, what are you feeling in wrestling at the moment? Man, I think it's about to hit another boom period. Mm-hmm. I think AEW right now is kind of changing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very excited about their formation when they when it first came to be. Mm-hmm. I think, man, they just need like one or two things to happen that's going to like shift the demographics. And when they signed CM Punk, I was like, they have done the impossible. Like, yeah. he's a guy that... For years, everybody's like, please come back. He's like, nah, it's not happening. Like, Never happening. No chance. <laughs> and I was like, if he goes anywhere, it's probably going to be WWE, but he hates them. So I don't think that's we're ever going to see that. So for him to like really open up and then go to AEW in that debut where it was like the way they kept it a secret, but also kind of teased that he was going to be there. Yeah. I was like, that's so smart. They it's, handled it perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah, they really did. Like there's no other way. Like, Traditionally, they'd be like, if you've signed CM Punk, you have to advertise him. You have to say he's going to be there because that's what's going to get people in. But they took the opposite route and went, no, no, we're going to like suggest he might be there. See what happens. And you do. You're like, you're in Chicago. Darby Allen said, if you're the best in the world, you know, they're, yeah, they're yeah. doing these like things. You're like, man, it's going to happen. And then, like I said, they, they struck while the iron's hot. They had Danielson come in as well and Adam Cole. That and- pay-per-view where they just go, okay, we're just going to drop everybody all at once was like mind blowing. Right. Because I, my friend was like, do you think, you know, Danielson, whatever. I'm like, they've got Sam punk. It's his first match back. They just get, they'll focus on that and then they can spread everything out. But they were like everything at once. And it was, it was pretty mind blowing show to see. It, it really was. And like I said, so many people would be quick to go, Oh, they, they should have saved it and done this and this. But sometimes like you just need that spark. Cause people are already going, man, punk's here nothing else can like top this. And then you throw Adam Cole out. You're like, Oh, that's, that's like an interesting move. And then all of a sudden Danielson comes out as well. You're like, Oh wow. Like yeah. what a show. And now all of a sudden all these things have happened that like people are going, man, AEW, AEW. And it's, it just brought so much more attention to them. Like even yeah. the demographics and the ratings now, like yeah. they're being raw, you know, in like the 18 to 49 demographic. And that's something that like, I never thought would happen in wrestling. Um, so I think, the fact that not only have they come into creation, but they're also so open to working with other people. Mm. It's so different because you'd never see WWE announce like NWA or Impact or New Japan. And, you know, here's AEW being like, man, he's New Japan superstar and he's the Impact champion. He's on TV and like... Yeah, their belts on TV and stuff like that. They yeah. normally hide from it, letting people keep their names, talking about their legacies and things like that. Yeah. Like, not hiding then- it away, you know? And then just this week alone, like, I don't know if you heard the, uh, the announcement with the Owen Hart Foundation as yes. well. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Like, that would never happen in WWE. And now the fact that, like, Owen Hart's name is, like, come back, it's, it's amazing for him. Mm-hmm. Like, the donations going to his organization are huge, but, like, his legacy is now going to be, like, cemented, which only means that, like, you got to have more of the Hart family, more loyal now to, like... Yeah, and I mean, I, I saw some people online saying, like, oh, it's pretty gross that, uh, AEW are trying to profit off Owen Hart's name when he was a WWE guy. And it's like, yo, they're just trying to honor wrestling. Correct. Of course, Owen Hart Foundation want to do work and get more publicity for the foundation, which is something that WWE don't do because they're still at odds with his widow. She still blames yeah. them for his death, you know. Bret right. Hart handed out the first title at AEW. He's also at odds with WWE. Why would the hearts not be involved with AEW? You know, it makes yeah. complete sense. Like, and gives and, fans a chance to talk about him and appreciate him. Like, yeah, and that's the one thing I think a lot of people get so worked up about. Like, oh, he's a WWE guy. I, I hate those phrases because yeah. everybody is an independent wrestler. Yeah. So you know, like Brian Danielson going to AEW, it's not a WWE guy going. 
it's it's Brian Danielson. Yeah. You know, so like he's now an AEW guy. So when people go, oh, Owen Hart, he was like WWE. Well, was he or was he like you know Stu Hart's son? Yeah, was, or was he, he like Stampede, the Calgary, Calgary like, wrestling yeah. guy? Yeah, like exactly. You know, Owen Hart is Owen Hart, and it, you know, obviously, I can understand like his widow being so mad at the company because like that's obviously where her partner died. So like, of course, like mm-hmm. she's going to be very anti WWE. But if somebody else came and said, look. We're going to support you. We can financially help like the family. We can support like the cause and his name and legacy is now going to be continued on like in wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it's about promoting wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's where I, that's what I believe in too. Like it's not a WWE guy or an AEW guy or a WCW guy. It's he's an independent wrestler. He wants that recognition. And I, I think they're doing the right thing. I don't think their goal is to profit off it. I think it's legitimately to, you know, bring exposure help. to the charity. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, Tony Khan has a bazillion dollars. Like his his family yeah. owns. Like he doesn't do AW like because he wanted like a cash grab. You know what Correct. I mean? Like Correct. I mean, of course he's going to create a business to be profitable and make money because yeah. that is how the world works. But he is putting all his extra time into this stuff because it's something he's passionate about. And when you hear everybody talk about him and interviews with him and stuff like that, he's just a guy that loves wrestling. So, Correct. of course, he's going to do things like this because it's what we would want to see done as fans, you know, because yeah. he is one. And that and that and that's kind of the difference. And I think that they're creating a major, you know, attitude shift. And whether that's like they produce your flavor of wrestling or not is irrelevant. They're making mm. a, a massive culture shift in wrestling Correct. and, like, affecting yeah. how mainstream it can be. And we thought it was already sort of like peaked and like WWE was all it would ever be and there would mm. ever be anything like that. And they're proving there can be alternatives. And I think WWE are going to benefit from it, benefit from it too because competition is good for everybody. You know? It is. It, it really is. And like I say, you know, WWE, it's, I think a lot of people forget it is so big. It's it's like a major corporation now where like you have so many people that don't even know wrestling that work there. Yeah. Um, and that's that's something you can see in the product as well because they can just at the shift of a hat just be like oh this guy's fired or yeah. like oh we're changing this mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter to them because they've already got like all these deals and stuff in place so it doesn't matter. But with AEW because it's wrestling people involved in wrestling doing wrestling things, it's much more catered to like the wrestling fan because yeah. they know what the want they they know what's going on well don't be it's very much like oh, we're presenting a product to this network this network wants this from us they want three hours or two hours so we're gonna give them three hours and and our job's done yeah so like you our know team it, of writers is going to present this thing or whatever and that is what is going to be yeah well like you know don't be there's like 30 or 40 writers that that sit in the room and they just they go ah oh, whatever this guy can do this and this guy can do that it's like, you know, Braun Strowman was like in the hunt for the title picture. And then like a week later, he was like fired. Yeah. Um, that's just how crazy like they're, what they're doing is. While AEW, I think it's a lot more input from all of the boys and all the talent. That's, that's like, Hey, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should go there. And like, and that's why I think it's such a different product because yeah. it's, it's catered for people that love wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like today I was, uh, um, I was listening to Chris Jericho's podcast while I was doing some chores and stuff, and it was the interview with Ruby Soho. And she said when she met with Tony Khan, she's like, uh, this is kind of what I'm thinking, and I want to do this, and maybe I could do this kind of thing, and blah, blah. And he said, hey, 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 you don't need to worry about all that. I just want you to do you and work for me. And that's, yeah. like, all it was. And yeah. she was like, I, I never heard that before and didn't even know how to handle it because, <laughs> you know, she was like, what? I like, like this other sort of freedom, you know, to, to do your best self. And, and if that's how they're approaching everybody, I feel like they're, they're on the right course. No, definitely. And, and that's how I like to do things with ambition and, and SCW. It's, it's not like, oh, that's what we're doing too bad. It's, yeah. Hey, what, what are you trying to achieve in wrestling? Like, what's your goal? And then, you know, the talent can like liaise with me, like, Oh, this is what I'm trying to do. I really want to work with this person. I want to do something like this. And we take what they're passionate about and turn it into like reality, yeah. which then obviously like leads on to the fans. And I, I think that's the best way to do wrestling. And, and it's going to be better, you know, and you've scouted particular talent for a reason because they do yeah. what they do well. So why try and fit them into something else? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. well, you know, like, like you said, you know, don't admit it's very much like, all right, you're a person, but we're going to mold you into what we want. So 
and you're gonna do this, 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 this. Like, oh, but, but people know that I did this in Japan. Nah, it doesn't matter here. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. Exactly, and that's where those disconnects come from. Not for everybody, because there's a, a vast, you know, vast, 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 huge audience that don't dive in as deep or anything like that and are happy to just watch it at surface level, you know. But for wrestling fans, I think they yeah. they appreciate those details, you know, and that's, oh, where, definitely, definitely, and that's yeah. where the real loyal core fan base exists. Yeah, and that's always who Dota is marketing at. They're always marketing at, like, the casual fans. So if you watch wrestling, oh, that's a really good show. Like, you probably would enjoy it. You probably would. But if you've had the privilege of watching, like, the Attitude Era or, like, WCW, even, like, TNA when it was, like, starting to get hot, you'd be like, man, there is some other good stuff out there that's, like, they can't do. Even just, like, the subtle things, like, you know, like, the like blood and getting some color, like, AEW is all about it. And they're, they're happy to promote, like, those death matches and stuff that you wouldn't normally see. They're like they are trying to cater different audiences. Well, yeah, like don't me. Like I said, they're they're pretty much set. They know they've got an audience. They know what the network wants, and they've still got the star power to like deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for me personally, like I said, it's just it's a different feel than it was when I when I watched it when I was a kid. Well, when yeah, when I was a kid, and then when I got uh, I got out of it for a time, as everybody does. I'm university. I'm banned. I'm doing all yeah. these things, right? And then when I get back into it, at first. I get back into it for WWE and I'm like, this is so great and I'm all about it and I'm seeing it and I, I'm loving it. Yeah. But then it's almost like the mirror starts to crack, right? Then I listen to some podcasts and then I start to see stuff and then I see like New Japan Pro Wrestling and then I see Ring of Honor and then I see all these things and I'm like, oh, wow, everything I want in wrestling has always just been here because I would always be like, oh, how cool would it be if something like this happened? but it never would, you know? And then I, I see all the things I want happening in the independence and stuff, and I'm like, oh, wow, there's an entire world behind this mirror of what, you know, uh, yeah. commercial wrestling is, I guess. And then, yeah, so for a lot of people as well, like friends that I show things to or I take to local shows and stuff, they think they know what wrestling is because they've seen WWE things. Then you yeah. take them to something else, and they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, you know, this is exactly, amazing, yeah. you know, and, and that's it. And so I, I think AEW, uh, to, to wrap it back up into that thought and, you know, and other companies and with the stuff that you guys are going to do, hopefully can continue to bring to people is show them what other options and flavors of professional wrestling there are in the world. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. All the different flavors of the ice cream box yep. box container <laughs> One tub. Sunday. yeah exactly right dude <laughs> thank you so much for your time it's been wicked speaking to you today tell the people where to find all of your many uh ventures absolutely absolutely we'll, we'll uh we'll just focus on the southern territory wrestling stuff uh at Let's the moment that. that's coming up obviously saturday october 2nd mm-hmm. at the calamunda performing arts center uh facebook is the best way to get all of our information so just look up southern territory wrestling on Facebook or facebook.com slash Southern Territory Wrestling, you'll find it. Uh, the big gold Perth bird logo. Uh, Perth Swan, I should say. There he is. Uh, yeah. And uh, obviously on Instagram, same thing, Southern Territory Wrestling. So like, there are a lot of events coming up. Like I said, the next one is Border Wars because it is WA versus South Australia. Mm-hmm. We've got Ring of Honor star Adam Brooks and some of the top names from Adelaide competing against some of Perth's top names. So it's going to be... Really fun night, and uh, tickets are on sale right now at Eventbrite. Absolutely. It's going to be huge. Guys, I'll have all the links in the show notes. Get in, buy your tickets, and go down and see some amazing wrestling. And then down the track, we'll deal with all the other exciting stuff that uh, Andrew has in store for you, yeah? Dude. Uh, it's going to be a fun year in, uh, in 2022 now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's right off this one. This has been rubbish. Let's get to the other side of this, yeah, and this then I can't. The, 2020, yeah. Is, you know, it's I past, feel like but... it, it's going to go 2019, 2022. Just don't even worry about yeah. those two in the and middle. That's, that's, how, that's how the world should look. Yeah. Exactly right. And that's it. And we can jump into all that next exciting stuff that's coming in store. So everybody, for Andrew Carter, for Southern Territory Wrestling, and four faces and feels. Remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast.com. 
Twitter at Faces Fieldscast and Facebook at Faces Fieldscast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch Wrestling promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view.